0: Like the idea in our world, especially today, that God has something he hates. And so the idea of this title is some shocking. And I'm not opposed to the flamboyant to gain your attention, that's what I'm doing here today. But you'll find out. Yeah, I'm not opposed to the flamboyant. Look at the shirt I'm wearing, right? I mean, and and so. I want to get into the word today. I'm not going to get through this list. Um, all of you mature believers, however, know that based on the title, you, you know there's something God hates, right? You know that he hates sin, right? And um, thank God he, ha- he hates sin enough to do something about it. By sending his one and only son into the world to save the world from their sins. But if you look further into the scriptures, again, you mature believers have read these scriptures before. So you know that in Proverbs chapter 6, verse 16, Solomon lists some things God hates. And we're going to look at those today. This is the word. Proverbs 6, 6, verse 16 through 19. We begin at verse 16. There are six things the Lord hates. No, seven things he detests. Think about that for a moment. Look at the words. Things he hates and detests. The first is haughty eyes. This is the New Living Translation. The second, a lying tongue. Third, hands that kill the innocent. Fourth, a heart that plots evil. Fifth, feet that race to do wrong. Sixth, a false witness who pours out lies. And finally, a person who sows discord in a family or among the brethren, other versions read. So let's look at that first one. And by the way, if you have our app, this is available on your electronic device you can take notes with that or if you did not receive a bulletin when you came in the bulletins themselves have an insert where you can fill in the blank and so you always have this and i do this i've done it less lately but um, on this occasion in particular i want you to have this message to take with you i want it to be something that you can hang on to And I'm telling you this now that if you have the notes from this week as from the bulletin, you'll need to bring them back next week because I'm not going to get through all seven of these on this list this morning. God willing, next week I'll take up the other four. I'm just going to get you through three of them here today. So the first thing on the list is haughty eyes. Haughty eyes. Now that's not a word that we use commonly today, is it? But uh, before I explain any more on it, let's talk about the author. You know the author of this. It's one of the Proverbs written by Solomon as directed by Holy Spirit. So, by all biblical scholars, the Bible itself also proclaims Solomon to be the wisest man to have ever lived. Wiser than any before him or would come after him. Uh, and, And so... That should mean something in this context. You need to listen to people who have wisdom. And it should carry some extra weight for you uh, to consider in terms of its value for you in this message. The King James Version doesn't use the word haughty. It actually uses the word proud or a proud look. And uh, that's what the King James says of this verse. And now, I will say it this way. This falls clearly under the category of pride, and in this case, a lifestyle of pride. So it falls under the category of pride, thus the King James using the word proud look, and, and, and in this case, a lifestyle of pride. There, there are many problems with pride for humanity, aren't there? I don't, I don't know about you, but um, are there anyone, is there any honest believers in the house today that are willing to say to me, you struggle a bit when it comes to admitting when you are wrong? Is there anyone else like that here? You struggle admitting when you're wrong? Yeah, yeah. God bless all of you that are quick to say, I'm sorry. But are there a few of you that you're, you're a little slower to say, I'm sorry, right? You don't come to it that easily. Come on, spouses, nudge your spouse, say, you know it. You know that's you. You messed up just last week and weren't, just wouldn't say it. Just wouldn't say it. Yeah, there are many problems with pride for humanity. It gets in the way, doesn't it? We want to protect ourselves, we want to protect our thinking, um, and, and we have this false sense of if, if somebody thinks we're wrong, that that makes us a lesser person. You ever done one of those things, though, that you just thought, "What a stupid thing to do." <laughs> can you, can, can, how many, I got four honest people in this place? Come on, don't tell me there, that every one of you haven't said that those words. What a stupid thing to do. I'm going to open myself up right now. Just last week, you all know that Pastor Amy and I were away. We went to a place, it's a cabin way out in northwestern, not too far west, but certainly northern Pennsylvania. And... Uh, it's a rustic cabin and a beautiful place to be. It's very remote. Our cell phones don't work there, thank the Lord. But uh, you can't, there's none of that. And, and uh, so, but we, we go there to be alone. We, we enjoy being together in the wilderness like that. And there's no intrusion and this sort of stuff. And after this week was pain in the neck with all of the election mess that was going on. But there we were, and we were enjoying ourselves there. But one of the activities that I'm going to do while there is hunt. So there's a Walmart an hour away from this place that we go, and we always stop there to pick up things that need to stay cold and just stuff that you want fresh before you go there eggs, things like that. We pick them up at that Walmart, right? So I'm standing in that Walmart. All right, I need to back up a notch. So I said that one of the things I do is hunt while I'm there. I hunt archery, that is with a bow and arrow. And you do that primarily from a platform in a tree called a tree stand. I'm standing in the Walmart going, you didn't pack your tree stand with you. <laughs> that was stupid, folks. I, I mean, like, I, how are you going to hunt without your tree stand, dude? So ultimately, we had to buy one from the Walmart when we were, were there, and then that was lesser quality than the one I had, and, that was stupid. Did you ever do something really stupid? Pride was in the way though. I did not want to tell my wife that. I did not want to tell her. I was standing there going, "Oh man, you should just eat this and just go on and just forget it." But pride was in the way. Pride will get us in trouble. Fact is, the scripture says pride comes before a fall or goes before a fall. That's another of the Proverbs 16:18. Pride goes before a fall listen to me this is a a holy ghost moment it's not in your notes you may want to write this down or find a place to write it down based on that scripture that I just read pride goes before a fall from Proverbs 16 verse 18 when one acts or lives in pride destiny is sure Read the scripture again. Pride goes before fall. Hear what I'm now saying. When one acts or lives in pride, destiny is sure you're going to fall. Failure is imminent. That's what I want you to capture from that moment. Now listen, the reason this is so important is that pride seems to have a direct path from the devil, doesn't it? Seems to have a direct path from the devil. Listen to these words from uh, Psalms 10, verses 4 through 7. The wicked are too proud to seek God. They seem to think that God is dead. Yet they succeed in everything they do. They do not see your punishment awaiting them. They sneer at all their enemies. They think nothing bad will ever happen to us. We will be free of trouble forever. Their mouths are full of cursing, lies, and threats. Trouble and evil are on the tips of their tongues. Seems to have a direct path from the enemy, the devil, that is. Pride does. Yeah, see, that's pride seems to have that direct path. And listen to this. um, The angel Lucifer found himself cast out because of pride. Cast out of heaven, that is. You do realize that Satan who we've come to refer to as the devil or Satan, was once called Lucifer. He was an angel. And uh, pride is what got him cast out of heaven. I want to be at least equal with God. It got him cast out. Uh, So, and, and let's face it, nobody really likes people that are full of pride, do they? You've met people that are that way, and you don't like them. You may have to tolerate them because they're either family or uh, you work under them or with them, and, but nobody really likes people like that. So, and there's something else about pride that you may not realize, but it's a sign of the last days. I know this because 2 Timothy 3, verse 2 um, says these words, For people will love only themselves and their money. They will be boastful and proud. This is under a passage where he's talking about what is going to happen in society, in the world, in those last days. I'll finish they will be boastful and proud, scoffing at God, disobedient to their parents, and ungrateful. They will consider nothing sacred. Sound like anything you know today? Sounds a whole lot like what we know today, isn't it? So, pride is a problem, and the first thing that we look at as uh, in the list in God's hate list is pride, haughty eyes. Now let's move on to the second thing that's listed there, a lying tongue, a lying tongue in verse 17. Now, you should know know this, but let me just clarify it or bring it out at least at this point. The original lie brought forth death. In Genesis 3, verse 4, look at what the word says. It says, you won't die, the serpent replied to the woman, That's what the serpent said to Eve, right? You won't die. Let me explain a concept to you in this right now. That was true in part. This is a classic case of the difference between the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth. You see the difference here? What he said, the serpent that is, was true. But how many of you know it wasn't the whole truth? Look at chapter 5, verse 5 in Genesis. Adam lived 930 years, and then he died. So you see what the serpent gave him? It was true. You'll not surely die, meaning you won't die right just because you ate it. You won't die right now because you ate it. But eventually, Adam died, as did Eve. So it's a perfect rendering of the truth, but not the whole truth. The truth, but not the whole truth. When I was in the seventh grade, I'm losing my pride here in front of you this morning, so uh, I'm I'm trying to get cleared on these seven things God detests or hates. So let me explain one more to you. I don't get up to Alex's level here, but I, 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 I do have some, some dirt in my past. Had <laughs> <laughs> to just hang you out right like that. My brother gave me an, some beautiful salmon a couple weeks. We enjoyed it at the cabin, by the way, Alex. It was awesome. We still have more, I think, I hope, anyway, in the seventh grade, I had a couple of friends that got to know and hang out with, and they grew up in my neighborhood, so I knew them from from very young, but they really because we went into middle school and uh, it was the time when we were riding the bus and and I was part of the, some of you may not know this, but I was directly involved with with desegregation in the south at that time and so I literally was shipped across town to go to a different school even though there was a brand new one built uh, just three miles away from my home they shipped me uh, like 10 miles across town to go to a different school as a part of desegregation that tells you how old I am Um, and in any case we're riding the bus in, and I got to know these guys that while they lived, they lived a few blocks from us, and I got to know them, and we would hang out on occasion, and, and I started to notice that they would start, they were showing up with new stuff, and it wasn't Christmas or their birthdays. And so eventually, I said to one of them, I said, how are, what, where are you getting this stuff? And they told me A truth. They got it from a store for free. I like that idea. I could use some free stuff from a store that's new. So it was a truth, right? But not the whole truth. So I thought I'd try this new thing out. Now, just let me fill in the gap, because a few of you are wondering, I thought you said you got saved. You were eight years old. You were a good kid. Okay, so now I'm 12 or 13, somewhere in that neighborhood. I don't remember exactly, but I'm in that zone. And it's appealing to see new stuff. And, and I could use new stuff. And I lived in the summers with my father. That is where and when I went to church. But during the winter, school year, I had no church foundation. So I had no discipleship, if you will. And while I knew this, what I'm about to do wasn't right, I'm not going to play the fool that much, but in any case, I decided I would enjoy it. And so... Here's something that's going to be an eye opener that you'll remember for the rest of your life regarding this story. We are in this store. I remember the name of the store, it was called Miller's Department Store. And do you know what I took from the store? I took a chain to lock up my bicycle. You can go ahead and laugh, because if this is an irony, I stole a chain to keep my bicycle from being stolen. So now I'm at the desk of Sergeant, I don't care his last name, and he's on the phone Is this Miss Josephine Grimes? That would be my mother, her married name. And um, do you have a child by the name of Mark McClinathan? Is your son's name Mark Cole McClinathan? Yes, is it Mark Cole McClinathan? I'm Sergeant so-and-so from the police department and I have your son sitting at my desk. He just stole a chain for his bicycle. You need to come down here and get him. My mom didn't believe it, and, uh, but she eventually came and got me. I was punished for a month, grounded, and I was spanked thoroughly. So all of you sitting here right now, thinking, wow. I am completely adjusted. I have overcome. I have all of my mental mental faculties. I have no more scarring on my body. Anything from that. I'm well-adjusted. And in fact, have a pretty good degree of intelligence. And guess what? I never stole one other thing again. You know, God hates it when we lie. He hates it when we lie. We take it for granted. Now, that original lie brought forth death to all mankind. That's with God and, and Adam and But I want you to see something from the New Testament, 1 Corinthians 15, 22. Just as everyone dies because we all belong to Adam, everyone who belongs to Christ will be given new life. Everybody that belongs to Christ, say hallelujah. Hallelujah. Because you belong to Christ, you are given new life. As a society, though, we've become accustomed to lying. You heard a lot of it, of it over the last three months. A lot of lying on the television. It's still going on. And, and, and so you'll, you'll be hearing that. We don't even have to work at lying, do we? Y'all need to be honest with this preacher this morning. How many of you have ever, don't hold your hands up, we're not showing your face on camera, but you've lied on your taxes. Don't hold your hands up. I already confessed for you, brother. You didn't have to do that. You, 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 how many of you remember those days when you could, you could buy a used car and you'd work out a deal with the person you were buying it from? You tell them I'm only paying $500 even though I'm paying 2500 so I don't have to pay $2,500 worth of taxes or on t- taxes on 2500 I can only pay 500 Some of you have done that. You've worked those deals because they existed. Well, you know, we don't even have to work at lying, do we? It comes easy to too many of us. But if I didn't get you on either one of those, how many of you know that an exaggeration is a lie? What? It's a white lie, preacher. They don't really count. Hmm. Mm. if it ain't true then what is it? I mean if it ain't really true it's still just a lie we should be more uncomfortable when we misspeak or lie we should feel conviction even over exaggerations we should feel it and I know for the most part, exaggerations are, just, in, are they're just innocent in terms of their damage. Oh, my kid could, he said a hundred times, mommy. Well, we know you're exaggerating. It was only 95. You understand my point. We should be more uncomfortable when we misspeak. Because God hates lies. And that lie that I listened to destroyed or disrupted my life for a time. I, it, it was horrible. Thank God I changed. And thank God he got through to me, the Lord that is, but, and my parents. But God hates it, so let's not do it. So he hates haughty eyes or pride, and he hates a lying tongue, but he thirdly hates hands that kill innocent blood, or kill the innocent, excuse me. Shed innocent blood is the word I wanted to say. It's verse 17 again, but let's look at the passage from Genesis chapter 4, verse 8. (laughs) One day Cain suggested to his brother, Let's go out into the fields. And while they were in the field, Cain attacked his brother Abel and killed him. This is terrible, isn't it? Because not only did Cain kill his innocent brother, but really he covered all of God's hate list. The entire hate list, you can say that Cain covered it in his acts with his brother Abel. He was jealous because Abel's sacrifice was received from God full of pride, because Abel got something that Cain didn't. Cain wasn't willing to work as hard as Abel was in doing the right thing or bringing the right sacrifice, and it was recognized by God. And so Cain got, he just got jealous, and he lied, and he killed his brother. So we covered the whole of the hate list, if you will, in his Acts. But in recent years here in the United States of America, we've had school shootings and bombings, It killing innocent young people, just mowing them down. No cause, just upset, taking it out on completely innocent people. Do you know that God sees this? He sees this. I'm going to convince you of that before I'm done here. Shedding innocent blood puts you among pretty poor company and it is detestable to God, the shedding of innocent blood. It is why I stand where I stand as it relates to abortion. This is why. Let's go on into the scriptures though and look at this next part. Innocent blood has a voice that is audible to God. I want you to hear that. God hears the cry of the innocent. Genesis 4 verse 10 puts it this way, but the Lord said, this is to Cain now. What have you done? Listen. Your brother's blood cries out to me from the ground. Now I need to say this in this crowd and I want you to let me complete the thought and stick with me till I get all the way through these points now. I'm sure that in a group this size that at least one of the women in here, if not several, have had an abortion. Don't be convinced by the world's standards God hears that child's cries. What the world says... That it's your choice and your right to choose, they can say that, but that doesn't change the scriptures. It doesn't change the whole truth. It may be your right to choose to do so, but it does not change what the scripture says regarding the cry of the innocent. God hears that cry. Now, if there's a heartbeat, there's a life. Now, I've brought this up several times over the last few weeks in the church and, and in messages. So, I want you to be sure to understand that if you've had an abortion, like all sin, you can find pardon and forgiveness. Let me say that part again because I want you to catch it. I want all of you that are listening to me, even if you're listening online or at some point in your life, who knows if it's years from now, because it'll still exist in the electronic universe. Like all sin, abortion can be forgiven. It's not the unpardonable sin. You can be forgiven. Condemnation is not my goal. Prevention is. Did you hear that part? I know there are several young ladies listening to me right now. And if I can prevent one child from being aborted, then I'm willing to put my neck on the line for this. I will preach the truth. And I want especially you young people to hear this. God, here's the cry of the innocent. I don't care what the world tells you. If that, Even in your womb, it's not a blob, it's a life. They can call it what they want, fetal tissue, life. A human being left to its own devices would develop into a full-blown baby. Prevention is my intent. Young people, don't put yourself in the position that you have to shed or feel you must shed innocent blood. Don't put yourself in that position. Don't get to the place where you have to make that decision based on previous decisions that are also wrong and God's trying to help you not to fall into that trap. Listen to me when I say this. I think it's so important in this moment that all of you catch this, especially any of you ladies that have walked this path. I don't care what your age is. If you've walked this path, the Apostle Paul himself referred to himself as a murderer and yet walked in God's grace and forgiveness. The great Apostle Paul considered himself a murderer of Christians. He was directly responsible for rounding up Christians in the New Testament era, bringing them before judgment, and they would be burned at the stake or eaten by lions. Paul. And yet, he becomes one of the greatest men of God ever to grace the face of the earth. So please understand, I will stand strong against abortion in any shape, form, or fashion. And for that matter, the shedding of innocent blood on any account or situation. God knows, God sees, God understands, and yet He still provides pardon, And forgiveness to those who walk in this path. So please know this from this preacher's heart. God loves you. And he takes you to where you are at. And he he seeks to take the sin out of your life that would take you to the grave and eternal damnation. And he does that so much so that he sent his one and only son to die on the cross so that you could be freed of all sins. Hear those words this morning. Not words of condemnation, but words of hope and freedom from sin and its bondage in any shape or form. Would you stand to your feet for me, please? It may be, I'm sure it is possible that you could be here this morning and Now this afternoon and not be in a right place with Christ. Let's say for a moment that tragedy were to strike your life today. Let's say for a moment that the flowers that may dawn your grave are beginning to bloom right now. Just for a moment. Go this path with me. Right now, they are in that very earliest stage where they're just getting full and you know they're about to pop open. Let's say those flowers that will dawn your grave are in that position right now. If it's possible that you're not sure you would land in heaven if you were to lose your life, if there's any question that this might be your last day and you're not sure, you absolutely positively sure, you would go into heaven? Would you remove that question mark today by saying, I've got to get things right with Jesus today, preacher. I want to walk out of here forgiven and, and, and knowing that I'm in a right place with God. And if you're not sure, would you just lift your hand right where you're at and say, i got to make sure. Thank you. Thank you for your honesty. I wonder if you'd be so bold as to come right up here to the front if you raised your hand. Would you be willing to do that? God bless you guys. That, I know, is a difficult thing to do. But I'm just telling you right now, I couldn't possibly be more proud of you. And I know that this act, visible before this crowd of people, but more importantly, visible before God, He knows your heart. He knows you by name. And in a moment we're going to pray a prayer and you are forgiven of every sin that exists in your history. And you stand before God after this prayer cleansed and pure. So would you join me in praying this prayer? Would you do that? Here we go. You repeat it, but it has to come from your heart. Lord Jesus, I admit I'm a sinner. I need your forgiveness thank you Jesus for going to the cross for giving your life and shedding your blood so that I may be forgiven I mean this with all of my heart Lord from this moment I'm yours. Thank you, Lord. Amen. I want you to stay here with me for just a moment. Just say to you guys, several of you are very young. And, and I and dear sister, God bless you. Not so young, but today's your day. Today's your day. Today you could stand before God. And he'd say, Welcome. Take away the question mark. He says, I'm yours. This young lady standing right there, I would love for you to just chat with her for a moment. She's gonna take you through that door. She's just gonna give you a little bit of information because now what do you do? It's like I've told you here's the pathway, you're on the pathway. But what do I do tomorrow or the next day? Because you got to know those answers. And she's going to get some information from you so that we can help you with those extra days. You guys look young enough to be in our youth group. That young lady sitting at the uh, piano. Okay, you know her? Well, then, come see her on Wednesday night. All right? You should be in kids' church, it looks like, but you're here, and I'm glad that you're here, because I know today that you are right with Christ, and you're all good with God. Hallelujah. How old are you? 11? Well, praise the Lord. You are all set, man. Stay on this path, and you'll keep yourself out of trouble And make your way to heaven. Hallelujah. Would y'all go talk with this lady? We're going to cheer you on as you go. Doesn't leave any of you without questions in your own mind. I've only presented three of what will be seven things God detests today. I'm going to get you on some of them if I haven't got you on one of these three. It's common for us to lie. It's common for us as people just to be more proud than we ought to be. And it's possible that some who stand here right now have shed innocent blood. But I don't want you walking out of here with any of that hanging on you. So would you do me this favor right now? Would all of you close your eyes, young and old alike, Seriously, close your eyes. I'm not going to point you out after the fact, so I want you to know, with all eyes closed right now, if any of these three you've sometime in your life messed up on, lift your hand right where you're at. Put your hands down. If you have recently walked in one of these, put your hand up again. Any of them. God bless you for your honesty Father you've seen the hands I'm not going to point them out because in the end I can't change it but you already did You did the work so each of us could not only be forgiven. We can be forgiven based on your work on the cross. But it's more than that. You give us the grace. Grace is more than just that we are forgiven for things that we shouldn't be pardoned from. Grace means more. It means that we have the capacity to not fall to those sins anymore. Give us the courage, strength, and vitality to not fall to them anymore. So today, Lord, I ask you to help us to never fall on those ever again. God, help us to make you look good. Seriously, Lord, we have a problem with that. We admit it. But help us from this moment forward. All of us who are in this room, anyone who's listening to me online, help us, Lord Jesus to make you look good. Help us to not fall to pride, not fall to lying, and to never find ourselves in a position where we shed innocent blood. Help us, Father, I pray. Amen. Now listen, for those of you who are watching online, if you prayed the prayer of faith like these four did this morning, Please connect with us some way or other. Please find a way to get through to us. You can do it right there on the app or as on your device right now. And just say, hey, give us a wave and say, I accepted Christ as my Savior. Here's my name. And uh, maybe you can give us your phone number, et cetera, and we can connect with you and help you to know what's next. God bless you guys. Have an amazing day. I love you. Having a great week as well.